right, everyone. Welcome to the show, TWRA's weekly podcast called Tennessee Wildcast. That's Jason Harmon right there. Yeah. He pushes all the buttons, produces, does all that stuff I don't <laughs> understand. But it's good to have you here. Glad you joined us. Please tell your friends about us because this show's all about you because it's all about the agency that does stuff that you help pay for. So. Yeah. We're here for you. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Hope it's hope 2017's good to you. Hope it's good to everybody. And uh, you get outside a lot in 2017 because there's a lot of reasons to get outside. Yep. Yep. Uh, Mark it's Goodland's a, our guest. We'll get to him in a minute, but we need to talk for a minute. Duck season's on, going on right now. Waterfowl's hot. Waterfowl's going or actually, on. Actually, waterfowl's cold. Waterfowl's cold. <laughs> and we're in this week where we might get some more cold. And then I'm looking yeah. at that long-range forecast. And in Tennessee, it's back to the 50s and 60s. So mm-hmm. I don't know how that affects ducks. Maybe Mark can tell us a little bit later. Mark's Maybe here? Jamie can give us a call, yeah, upstairs and tell us. Um, a couple things before we get to Mark. Commission meeting going on next week in Memphis. A one-day meeting. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff is going to be discussed over at there. The Bass Pro Pyramid. Yeah, if you just want to get out, we got nothing else to do <laughs> next on. week, middle of the day, on Friday. But they're going to be meeting there, and we'll report on it. You can always go watch commission meetings if there's something of interest to you. Mm-hmm. We stream them. You do them on you our website. Yeah, uh, you can watch them at TWRA TV on YouTube, uh, and the link to get to those uh, locations are at the bottom of the page on our website. Just scroll down on the home page, and it's right there at the bottom. My recommendation, do it that way. Otherwise, I'll see you at 9 o'clock at the, at the Pyramid or wherever yeah. mm-hmm. next week. But anyway, that's happening. It's just a one-day meeting as they roll into the new year, and, and uh, we'll always keep you updated on, on that. Hey, I want to remind you, too, you want to get your family out, this, not this weekend, but the following weekend, there's the annual Sandhill Crane event mm-hmm. over on the Plateau. What's the name of the? It's in Birchwood, Tennessee. Birchwood, Tennessee. Mex County. Yeah. And all over. Hawassi Refuge. Hawassi Refuge. If you want to go see Sandhill Cranes and just have a good time getting outside, that's a great place to go. Take your family. There's bird watchers everywhere. There's events all day long. There's music. There's, mm-hmm. there, there's a, I think they have uh, the exhibit from the National Wildlife, the, the uh, Eagle Foundation. Yes. They bring eagles out there the and a bunch of show. other birds of phrase, mm-hmm. and it's just so cool. But yep. that's going on, so check that out. Get your family out. You don't have to sit inside all day. You may not be a football fan or a basketball fan or any of that stuff. And some of us like Green Bay, though. We'll get to that a little bit, right? <laughs> Green Bay Packers. Well, anyway, uh, you got anything before we move up? Um, not that I can think of right now. All right. Well, uh, just remind everyone, our website, always got good information mm-hmm. on it for you. We keep it updated all the time. Our Facebook is rolling. Yep. It's got stuff out there all the time. It's just the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency Facebook page, and it rolls all day long now. And we're on Instagram now. Instagram. You can we find are. us at TN Wildlife Resources Agency on Instagram. Yeah, get that. Make sure you get our you know, our app. Our app's going to get even better here in the next couple months. Mm-hmm. A lot of work being done to it. We're going to have a lot of information out on it. And uh, grab that app, put it on your smartphone, whatever your phone might be, yep. and uh, just keep an eye on us and, and what's going on that affects you. We do a lot of boating stuff out there, too, and we're getting into that time of year where people are going to start thinking about registering their boats. Boat shows are going on. Yeah. Boat shows are going or to will start. will be going on. Yep, all across the state. You can check out our calendar to find a lot of that stuff or just go online and find where it is locally to your area. I know the one in Nashville starts here in a week or two downtown at the convention center. There's an outdoor show happening in uh, Kingsport. Uh, this weekend i think it is check our facebook page okay yeah so lots of activities out there no reason to sit in the house anyway let's introduce mark sure mark is our first guest of 2017 mm-hmm. mark is the chief of forestry wildlife and forestry and mark appreciate you 
volunteering <laughs> to be on with us. Uh, he volunteered at the last minute when I called him and said, Mark, please be on with us. So I appreciate it. You're the, they're the chief of the wildlife division. You guys have had so much stuff going on this year, and we're going to recap some of that, what went on and how you think it went and all that. But there's one really big hunt coming on pretty soon. And of course, the deer season ends this weekend, the regular deer season on Sunday. Then there's this five-day hunt that I think started last year, you can tell us, but it's only for a portion of the state, and it's only for antlerless deer. So what is that? Right. Um, the commission decided to try to add some hunting opportunity at the end of the regular season uh, last year. So last year was the first year of this five-day, it's an antlerless-only hunt, private lands only, and only in Unit L. Unit L being uh, all the counties in Region 1, Region 2. Last year, um, Lake, Dyer, uh, Lauderdale, and Tipton counties were not. They were in Unit B, but they are in Unit L. So it's the entire, all of the counties in Region 1 and Region 2. Again, it's only on private land, so uh, WMAs or other public land, excuse me, the hunting's closed. it's only antlerless deer. There was some confusion on all this last year, and that's why we're trying to make sure everybody's uh, clear on the parameters for this. And what is the definition of an antlerless deer? Yes, one of the many changes that we had this year was the, the change of the definition of an antlered or antlerless deer. An antler deer, you know, previously um, could be an antlerless deer if it had antlers that were less than three inches. Now, the current the definition that we have now is if there's hardened antler that is visible above the hairline, then that is an antler deer. So it's no longer an antlerless deer like it was before. So mm-hmm. hunters want to you know make sure you look over that deer real good. So uh, the deer that would fall into an antlerless category that would be eligible on this hunt are going to be a doe, a button buck, or a deer with shed antlers. Okay, which can happen this time which of year. Which can happen, of uh, course, this time of year when yeah. they can be dropping their antlers. Okay, look on page 22. It's how I know we're a distance, but here's the map that shows unit L, okay? Right, and one other thing that there were questions on last year, this is not just for landowners, so you don't have to Thank be you. a landowner. Yeah. As long as you're hunting on private land and have permission, of course, uh, then you're fine. Okay, yeah, and I guess that would – we're not creating a hunt just – for the elite folks that got right. Yeah. <laughs> got and last right. year we had uh, almost 3,300 deer that were taken during this five-day hunt. Wow, that's a lot. Good mm-hmm. deal. Does it help? Is, is, you may already said, Mark, does it help? It's managing uh, the antlerless population or, or more specifically maybe in this case the doe population or does it have anything to do with that? Yeah, it tends to, you know, help again trying to you – know, we, we have a bag limit of three per day mm-hmm. normally in unit, unit L. Of course, the opportunity is to take – Three in a day. I still haven't harvested one in, no. <laughs> in a day yet this year on the does, but uh, Are you I wouldn't like hold me out as a typical hunter. Uh, okay. Uh, but it, it it does help in, in that bumping up that doe harvest. Again, we're trying to achieve a more natural one-to-one sex ratio uh, that better expresses the you know the, a healthy deer herd and some of the traits, including uh, rutting behavior and things like that, that hunters find interesting and exciting okay and so so i'll recap here looking at this news release this is on our facebook page every county out there lee wilmot's put together and put it out there it's also in our newsroom on our website 
and there's I'm just going to guess probably 30 counties, maybe a few more, uh, maybe 40, but they're all listed out there. So what you have is at the eighth, the eighth is the last day of the regular deer season this year. The ninth through the thirteenth is that five day hunt in Unit L, antlerless only, and then the kids have the fourteenth and fifteenth to go out on a statewide hunt. And mm-hmm. uh, depending on whether they've bagged their two bucks or not, or two antlerless, two antlered critters, um, they can hunt for either one, right? Correct. Correct. And there Just, you would want to. I'm not sure, but again, check your hunting guide to make mm-hmm. sure if that if you were looking to hunt on on public land that it is uh, absolutely open to that hunt. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Got to be open with statewide hunts. Right. And yeah. So make sure about mm-hmm. that and get the youngsters out one more time. It's so warm; they probably would like to get out. Yeah. You know? I may. Well. I'll be at the commission meeting that Friday, so I don't know what my Saturday and Sunday will hold. Oh, poor Tucker. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Tucker's young, though. He's got a lot of years. Anyway, Mark, cool hunt. I think a lot of folks, obviously, with as many people, many deer that's been harvested, really enjoyed this hunt last year. Mm-hmm. All right. And that used to be a week that was just nothing going on, right? It was sort of the last week Correct. between, and then the kids had the last hunt of the year. All right. Good deal. How do you think the antlerless hunt's gone this year? How do you think – what's the perception that you've got as far as how – sportsmen did with it much much discussion with law enforcement about it was an issue or how do you think it went as, as far as as the, far as understanding the the new antlerless law that we that that got created this year the definition of what an antlerless and an antlered animal is now yeah I, I think it's generally gone pretty well i know you know we've done some intense pr on it try right. to let everybody understand what the new regulations are i haven't uh, heard anything from law enforcement, t- particularly on you know lots of people being written or warned on this. So all in all, it goes well. But some people again may not read the hunt guide or be plugged in, and they just assume things are like they were last year. But uh, I think generally it's gone gone fairly well. And we'll keep hitting it too to let them know it'll be it'll be back next year, right? Not no indication it's going away. It's yeah, long. we an- anticipate at this point that we'll have it next year okay what about uh the harvest reports we've had some folks wanting to get into the harvest reports i know things are changing are there some harvest reports out there on our website right now and if so what's your thought on what's what is available yeah of course one of the great things on our website is you can go into the hunter's toolbox and look up the the harvest by county wma you know as a whole uh for deer bear bear, uh, turkey the the thing that uh Right now, if you look at the figures, it looks like we're down about 11% on the deer harvest, mm-hmm. you know, compared to this point last year. Uh, the big change, one of the big changes we had this year, as you know, to contend with was the change in our licensing vendor. And the problem with that, that it happened in the middle of our deer hunting season, and we had some glitches. So at, at this point, not really fully confident in those numbers. Uh, the report may be higher. There, there may be um, deer information that um, checked in that needed to be heart- entered into the system, mm-hmm. things like that. So, it's gonna we're gonna have to wait a little while till we have a little bit of you know better confidence in so, those numbers at the end of the season. Talking to the hunters, then if they go in there and look at it now, and it looks like it's low, maybe check back in two months or three months and, and well, and look at we'll it. We'll probably be giving an update at the February commission meeting. Oh, we will final. be. Yeah. Okay. I anticipate doing that. All right. So it, it may be just as, uh, the normal harvest in recent years, hundred and sixty five, hundred sixty eight thousand. That would be normal for recent years. So we may still see that, even if it's not reflected right now. Maybe. Correct. All right. We'll see. We will see how that goes. All right. Also, 
On deer, uh, it's a two-buck limit. We've had that, what, a couple, three years? It's been two years Two now. years. How do you think that's going? Um, I think it's generally been received pretty well. You know, in reality, most, the vast majority of hunters don't take more than one buck in a season. You know, it's a small percent that would, at that, even with when it was three, that would take more than two. Uh, but But I think... One of the things anecdotally that we've heard this year is there's been, for whatever reason, a lot of big antler deer taken, whether that's had a real chance I'm, to impact things read, yet. And, of course, it'll mind. play right into the yeah. uh, the big deer news of the year being the, the tucker buck. Mm-hmm. By the way, the tucker buck is going to uh, it's going to be dry scored here in the next week or two. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a, a date that's going to be set, and it's going to be dry scored. And when we find out, regardless of whether it's sitting as – the world record or just one of the best racks ever taken non-typical we're going to report it here but that's going to happen in the next week or two mark um stephen tucker's going to bring it in i think there's going to be five people scoring um, okay from um uh, boone crockett and we plan on taping a little bit of it mm-hmm. and we'll show some of it right here and see how it goes but regardless of whether it's as, as a world yes. record it's yeah. it's one of the best mm-hmm. ever in the country here and you know uh, commissioner cox over in west tennessee sent me a series of photographs a while back from West Tennessee deer that were tremendous. And then Daryl Grandstaff sent me another shot or two. Like you said, antidote or coincidentally or whatever, there's some big bucks being taken in Tennessee this year. Do you think it's Just, because of the, the three-buck limit being so conservative? Yeah, it's hard to say how much of it's perception and, and talk versus yeah. what's actually being taken. Again, as anecdotally, we don't have the numbers, uh, the biological data compared from the uh, from the deer that we actually do sample and take – you know antler points and measurements off of uh, so at, at this point it's just good talk and discussion and really uh, looking at the year coming up um, anticipating you know, we had a lot of changes that we already talked about with the deer season we had the uh, new deer units we really need to keep things you know, and as we discussed at the commission meeting need to keep things pretty static so that in in about another three years or so you know after looking at a five-year period we'll have a little clearer picture as really what was the impact of the change from going from three bucks to two bucks so when you mean static leave this alone and let it stay like it is for a while yeah i hope so and see how it goes okay well it's interesting it is coincidental that it's happened this year probably not probably can't be based on two bucks that was set the last year or two but but who knows maybe those bucks got by because there was we'll never know that for sure though will we Right. You never know just in timing of the weather, when the rutting was going on, the number of hunters being out there. That There's lots of variables that can impact that on a, a year-to-year basis. Okay. Yeah. And the shifting in the in the seasons this year, the, the units that we shifted, any effect on the way things are happening? Is it too soon to know that? Are, those, are we going to see more harvest, you think? Not putting you on the spot because you're not looking at every county and every numbers, but do we generally see larger harvest in areas – to get added from, say, a unit B to a unit A? Uh, I'm not sure. I'd have to ask our dear okay, that's program right. leader about that. All right. Yeah. But we shifted several over this year, right? Yeah. It's, typically, it's, when you, you have more opportunity, you're going to get a little bit of an increase uh, in harvest. And what does that generally happen, though, Mark? Why do we generally send something from a from a unit, from one unit to the next one? What's the main thinking behind it? It's a combination of things as far as what we see is the population being out there uh crop damage depredation permits we issue uh road kills um 
problems with, again, the increasing number of deer in urban areas. Okay. So mostly, somehow, it's got to do with a good deer population or maybe a heavy deer population. Right. We think it can the, the herd has grown in that county, can withstand more hunting pressure. Then we try to add it. We try to do it in a fashion where we don't have disjunct counties everywhere, and that's where we get our you know current four deer units. Okay. All right. Good deal. Um, before we switch into off of that, I want to go to small game here in a minute and maybe just a little bit of waterfowl with you, Mark. But anything you want to add on deer? Is there something we might be missing, a recap, update, something you want to point out? Uh, I, I think we covered it pretty well. Okay. Yeah. Well, you guys have been on too, doing a great job coming down. I've uh, spent a lot of time with Chuck Born, uh, Chuck Born, Chuck Ghost. Uh, boy, I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> but spent a lot of time with Chuck Yost a few weeks ago, really covering the CWD mm-hmm. stuff, and he did a great job on it. And CWD, chronic wasting disease, is something just in the 30 seconds with you is something that y'all are very aware of that you're spending a lot of time on and talking about. Yes, that's one of going to be continue to be one of our big challenges and concerns. Right now there's 24 states, two Canadian provinces where CWD has been documented to occur. Uh, we have are in the process of increasing our sampling. We've done that already this year. Hopefully we'll be we're looking at different systems, in maybe including working with taxidermists and processors <clears throat> to be able to get more samples without it being such a big burden on our agency manpower, uh, but to increase that sample size so that we can be more confident in saying that you know, CWD likely is not here. Just watching a, in a commission meeting, I mean, in a staff meeting the other day that you were in, listening to the biologists talk from the different regions and you and all that, hundreds of deer, many hundreds of deer got surveyed or are being surveyed this year for chronic wasting disease. Is that correct? Yeah, we had a target of what previously had been about two to 300 that our sampling was at for a period of years, and we bumped it up to a, a target of 1,500, and we've exceeded it at this point. Okay, so, so that's, that was a good effort by a lot of people in our agency to make that make that happen. The goal is to keep CWD away. Yeah, and and there another change being some of the import the carcass importation restrictions, where we had I believe it was eleven states that uh, we had a lot of states where the entirety of the state was included in in the carcass importation restrictions, and then we had it went to zones within the state as each state identified where CWD was. And this past year, the uh, we commission wanted to go the route of, and the agency, where all the entirety of the state, if CWD occurs, just because of the lag time you can have in knowing, if, if you find it in one place like what happened in Arkansas, uh, they, they showed up in an elk, showed up in a deer last October, and they did a lot more testing in that area and found out a incidence rate of about, I think, 23%. It was indicating wow. that it had probably been there for what a surprise. at least 10 years. So that is why we're taking the route of caution, uh, particularly with how how much this could impact the deer herd if CWD shows up here. I know it's seen as overly restrictive by some hunters by trying to keep the carcasses from potentially infected animals out of the state, but it's important because once CWD here is here, 
it's here and, and we'll be dealing with it and there'll be impacts to the agency and, and the hunters and how we manage the deer herd statewide. Most people that if they knew the amount of time they'd been spent restoring the deer in Tennessee and the value of it to hunters and the value of it to all the businesses that spin off from it, that most of them, the high, high percentage of them would have no problem with the work that's being done and the importation that's going on. It doesn't tell you you can't go hunting somewhere and bring deer back. You just got to do certain things to them before you bring right, them debone, back. Debone, debone it. Right. It's not stopping the skull you. caps. And, yeah. yeah, and you don't want to lose that here. You don't want CWD here. Yeah. Anyway, Mark, and I so remember— we have uh, Missouri and Arkansas being two bordering states where the entirety of the state is closed. In Virginia, there was—the zone was left— because it was a lot farther away from the Tennessee border. Uh, but as of May 1st, unless the convention takes further action, the entirety of Virginia will also be included. And we have had uh, over a dozen, I believe, instances of deer that have been identified coming into the state from CWD zones. Barry Cross put up a short video about a month ago on one of the hunts that one deer was brought from Missouri and the deer had to be confiscated, hopefully, and tested. Hopefully it won't come up as CWD, but that's the agency has to confiscate your deer if you bring it in and don't do it right. And that's expensive if you've gone somewhere and hunted out of town. Right. So if you're going to be hunting any kind of antlered animal and member of the servant family in another state, um, really need to check what the uh, importation carcass importation restrictions are you know currently on our website's place to go for that there it goes and cervid means deer uh, mule deer elk um, moose those are the critters we're talking Mm -hmm. about right Right. north america all right all right mark and then we'll say and then leave that subject alone that it's not we're studying hard now but i remember working checking stations probably 15 years ago and physically having to take off the heads of deer because we were looking at CWD even then. And our guys would get together and take all these deer heads to a location and dig out stuff in their brains. And it was difficult. It was hard work. So it's not like we just started doing CWD testing. It's been done for quite right, a few years. We've been years. doing it for quite a few years. Yeah. All right. All right. Small game. We had somebody write us on Facebook recently and tell Jason that he wasn't doing enough on small game. He didn't. Yeah. It wasn't really Jason. What are we doing for small game hunters in Tennessee, Mark? Well, one of the uh, things, of course, that we do with dove hunting is one of our uh, more popular uh, small game species. And so uh, we, our management area people spend a lot of time preparing fields on, on wildlife management areas. And then we also uh, lease the hunting rights uh, for typically a period of three days or shorter from uh, private landowners and try to fill the gaps on the landscape where People don't have to drive too far to go to a public uh, dove field if they don't have access to private lands. So that's one thing that we actively do. We also have uh, private lands, um, wildlife habitat biologists that are actually cost-shared with the Natural Resources Conservation Service uh, of the USDA. Uh, They work out of their offices because a lot of people come to them for uh, farm programs, technical assistance, and uh, these wildlife habitat biologists meet with landowners one-on-one to try to give them advice on how to manage their property uh, to improve, improve it for habitat for and all wildlife. And a lot this of is that's, what they do. Yeah. A lot of that's uh, focused on, on quail and rabbits and deer and turkey, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of things that benefit quail and rabbits also help, help deer and turkey habitat too. So there are a lot of 
typically is a way to incorporate that all together where they get those benefits and whether the landowner crops the land, timbers it, just owns it for, you know, wildlife recreation or pasture. Uh, there are typically ways that will fit into their management system that they're willing to accept to, uh, you know, improve their habitat for wildlife. And we get a lot of compliments from a lot of people on on uh, benefits that they've seen landowners that it's a, it's a biologists have worked with. You worked on it a lot before you became chief upstairs. You worked on this program a lot. It was kind of your baby along with mm-hmm. Clint Borum and a lot of folks that you worked with. The Clint, I can at least bring his name up instead of his daddy's. But it, it's a tremendous amount of work. These guys show up every year at the annual convention of the National Wild Turkey Federation, and they explain what they're doing there along with the other places they go. But they spend a tremendous amount of time designing plans, going across the state, and creating a habitat, helping create habitat that might be the answer to quail. No? Yes. It's yes. <laughs> <laughs> one target we're going to, and of yep. course, and talking about other small game efforts we have four wildlife management areas that serve as what we call our quail anchor areas mm-hmm. uh, that we're trying to do as, as much as we can possible to have a good population of quail on those areas and then we have a private lands uh, focus area around that where we're trying to increase our efforts in targeting publicity to private landowners in that area so we can uh, you know, unfortunately we've lost so much habitat and mm-hmm. just the nature of the intensity of our land use, the way we manage our land right now, quail just are never going to be as abundant it's, as they used to be. But we're trying to uh, keep good, sustainable populations on portions of the landscape that will still uh, support quail populations. Okay. We get that big old bird back, and we do so well with it. <laughs> that little bitty bird is such a pain. Yeah. Uh, but, but everything we, likes to eat it. it everything does. Us. Everything does like to eat it. If we can hit one, Mark. <laughs> 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 if we can just hit one. All right. Okay, so, but there is work there. And, and if you don't have land, though, if you're not a private landowner, we also have wildlife management areas. Do we do small game management on some of our WMAs? On these, we got hundreds of thousands of acres. Is some of it put aside for the small game person? Sure. And, and some of these, uh, you know, I, a lot of times when we have somebody call, you know, where do I go quail hunt? And, you know, we can squirrel hunting, direct them to. Hunting. Right. Uh, on our wildlife management areas and you know if they're near there's a lot of wildlife management areas let's say even if it's a waterfall area they've got upland areas and many of those area managers are trying to make sure that they manage them in a fashion where you know it's not maybe not known as a quail wma but for the hunter that's willing to seek out these areas and do a little bit of scouting they uh, often can find where there's a uh, area with some some quail in it Mm -hmm. Okay, lots of those areas. And small game season, of course, going to open when we're talking now. We're talking about grouse. I mean, not grouse targeting. We're talking about quail. We're talking about uh, squirrel, and we're talking about rabbit. Just for this, all open to the end of February, correct? Yeah, there's okay. four. Squirrel, grouse, quail, and rabbit. Okay, grouse. Until the end of February. Now, with the exception of that, on wildlife management areas closed down to quail hunting, on January 15th. Okay, and grouse has some delineation there. You need to look in the guide. Of course, if you're hunting we're on the other side, you're probably not going to see one anyway. But do we have some grouse in Tennessee in the Yeah, we still part? have some grouse, but uh, they're, they're very scarce okay. these days across the southern Appalachians. And, you know, this is southern. you got to really want to get out there and get them. Grouse range. Yeah. Now, you mentioned squirrel. That's one great opportunity if we mm-hmm. have an underutilized animal. Uh, one we typically don't manage specifically for. We're a big hardwood state. And 
You're we a squirrel have lots hunter. of squirrels. There's lots of opportunity to to go hunt, and I'm waiting to go myself. You're a squirrel hunter and a half. By the way, Mark is a, a Wisconsin native. Been here forever, though. He might as well be a Tennessean. But every now and then he goes back to Wisconsin, and I got to go with him 15 years or so, and had a great time and watched Mark get his limited grouse only because I missed grouse number five for him. <laughs> <laughs> and he made a great shot on it and got a limited grouse. It was fun doing that, Mark. And, uh, of course, you're a Green Bay Packers fan. And, and, Go uh, Packers. We'll say, we'll say I am too. But uh, <laughs> I, hope they, I hope they do well. But um, if we had grouse in Tennessee like you have them in Wisconsin, you and I probably would spend more time out there together looking for those things. Yeah, we probably would. But even uh, – even in Wisconsin, uh, grouse habitat's been declining across many of the grouse states. And grouse in the northern part of their range tend to follow about a, a 9 to 11-year cycle. You know, you'll have yeah. your peaks. And having hunted there for over 30 years, and they'll, each successive peak is getting, is getting lower. So even, even the good years aren't quite as good as they used to be uh, several okay. decades ago. All right, and we're going we're gonna to run out of time. There's so much yeah. more I could talk to you about. But I don't want to say on that hunt, you took me one year where it was low and we hardly, shot the, we hardly even shot. But you were considerate of me and took me back when it peaked. And it was like from the time we got there till we left, either you and I were having action, including some woodcock action, right. which was mm-hmm. a lot of fun, and we have those in Tennessee. Uh, what, have we got a minute or less, less than that? Mark, I was going to ask you about waterfowl. Um, Jamie came on and did a great job, but waterfowl hunting will continue to almost the end of February. Then we've got a light goose season, so a lot of hunting still to go in Tennessee. Yeah, sandhill cranes also. Sandhill so cranes. Yeah, and, uh, things are pretty status quo on that right now. There's water, birds moving in as we get rain and cold weather coming in, so there ought to be some good hunting coming up yet. Okay, all right, and next year we'll talk more about Sandhill Cranes because it's going to be open more on a statewide level, correct? That's what we're anticipating. All yep. right, music coming up or are we just done? We're out. We're out here. Mark, thank you for your time. Anytime. All right, guys, watch our show anytime you want to out on the on, on our website. And yeah, on our website, tmwildcast.com, or on our, our main page, tmwildlife.org, and listen on iTunes. You can download us right there on iTunes and uh, and listen to the show anytime. Watch the show anytime on YouTube or TWRA TV. Uh, sing, do some kind of music, do something. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We'll see, see you, you next time. You. Appreciate it.